Hello, and welcome to the Profitable Practice Podcast with me, Andrea Maxim, naturopathic doctor turned healthpreneur. And every week, I'm bringing you no-nonsense, no-BS, actionable strategies to create a practice that is not only profitable, but fully sustainable by you. If you're an action taker like me and want to create a practice that is profitable, then you've come to the right place. Hello, hello again. This is Andrea with the Profitable Practice Podcast. And today it's going to be just you and me. It's um, There's no interview today. I promised that I was going to do this podcast. It's just taken me a little while to not gain the courage, but just wrap my mind around putting all the elements in place for this particular show. And what we're going to be talking about And this is kind of a nice segue into some of the other podcast shows that, um, like we have Jill Stanton, you may have already listened to that show, Um, but, you know, talking about the realities of doing things online. And I find I really love the episodes where people break everything down for me and tell me exactly the steps that they used and um, tell me the numbers and everything like that. So, um... I thought I would break down my last launch, my big five, my first five-figure launch that I've had to date um, with regards to the Maximize Your Clinic course. And I thought I would break down everything that's involved because when I coach people or people ask me about launching, they want to launch their health program, they want to launch their um, in-office program, I think the conception is all you have to do is send out a few emails and people will just opt in because they love you and you'll just make, you know, multiple figures without having to do any work. And I'm going to hopefully translate this into a bit of an image. I don't have it ready for you yet. I thought I would just record the podcast, but I'm going to break this down in as simplified steps as I possibly can. Hopefully the show notes will also um, mimic that as well. And then as I said, I'll try to put it together in an image for you so there's a nice flow so you can see exactly kind of how my um, course launches go. But this template, I think, can be used for just about anything it is that you want to do. Now, when I launch my online course, I use webinars. So if webinars for you are scary it doesn't have to be a webinar. You could absolutely do a pre-recorded video. You could do a Facebook Live. Uh, the reason why I like webinars is um, you get the registration numbers. I get all the analytics. I use Webinar Jam with my um, webinars. That's my hosting software, I guess. And uh, and then there's this, this element of live. So people are listening to you. They're interacting with you. Getting the chat going in a webinar is so essential, I think, to your success. Just like when you're standing in front of live audience, you want to make sure that they're engaging with you, that they're asking questions. It makes the whole experience so much better. So the other thing about webinars that are live is people know that they're talking to an actual human. Um, I do find that there's definitely a huge energy shift when you're watching a evergreen webinar or a pre-recorded webinar versus actually being there live when the presenter is present. Um, and then selling as much as you can live 
as well as on the back end. So this is another piece that I'm going to be very specific about is how important the follow-up is. Um, in fact, I think it's probably more important than everything you do to get people onto the webinar. So I'm going to try to break this down as, as easily as I can. And I have definitely the pieces that you may or may not have seen me do if you're involved in that launch. And then I have the back end pieces that people didn't see that also had to be taken care of. So we break down a launch sequence into a few pieces. One is the pre-registration phase. So getting people registered onto the webinar, because literally that is going to dictate how successful you are in the end. So the more you can get people to at least register for your webinar, the more likely you are to be successful in selling. And that number, the number of people that actually register for your webinar are basically going to be the people that you will be able to sell to. Um, we'll talk about how I use my list so people that aren't part of the webinar to try to get them involved. And I'll make a note that I talk about that. Non-registrants because if I don't write that down on my piece of paper here, I won't remember. Um, so that's really like the entire first haul of doing the launch is making sure that you can get as much traffic to your registration page and get as much traffic to convert from not only just viewing the registration page, but actually registering for the webinar. Now, the conversion rate typically from registration page to um, actually registering for a webinar on average is about 20 to 30%. So as you're watching those numbers, um, it's very important for you to figure out if it's lower than 20%, what is going on? Is there a disconnect between your Facebook ad, let's say, and the registration page? Is there a disconnect between your email and what you're talking about to the registration page? So if you're finding that people aren't registering, there's obviously something wrong with the copy. Maybe on the registration page, you're not selling what they're gonna be learning, the value that people are gonna be getting once they attend the webinar because people will not give you their time for free. So be watching for those conversion rates and be paying close attention to, okay, you know, I had 300 people view my page, but only 20 actually registered. There's a big disconnect. There's a big problem there. For me, I think we ended up having, yeah, 299 people view the registration page and the traffic that we did was from Facebook ads and it was also from emails and I'll talk about that in a second. And we ended up having 132 people register and then we'll talk about the stats that actually showed up onto the webinar. So the first piece is getting as many people as you can to show up or at least register for the webinar. And what those pieces were was for about a week to two weeks prior to the webinar, I was seeding it in my weekly emails. I was putting it onto my Facebook page. I was posting onto Instagram almost every single day and also changed my link in my bio on Instagram to the webinar registration page. Um, 
In the Facebook ads, we actually started running seven days prior to the actual webinar date. You need to give Facebook a little bit of time to warm up to the ad, help it convert. That typically takes maybe two to three days. And then you have the rest of those five days to try to really get the ads converting as best as you can. Um, so we ended up having some great conversions with Facebook ads. Of course, your warm list will always convert better than a cold audience will. So we ended up with really great numbers, but that was because I was also driving people to my registration page, not only from my Facebook page, but also from emails and from social media. In the future, I would probably segment which page came from which traffic source, so that way I could better read how well the ads were actually doing or converting because we don't have that data because it kind of got a little bit jumbled. So the more you can see where all the numbers are coming from, the better. So I spent, as I said, a solid two weeks of seeding the webinar, um, talking about one or two of the pieces that I was going to be discussing on the webinar to entice people to come in. We ran multiple different ads to see which ones um, you know, converted the best, which ones people engaged with more. So in order to do that, I also had to create Facebook ad images as well as a Facebook ad video. And I did multiple Facebook ad videos, which I also shared onto Instagram and my YouTube channel. So using as many of these resources that I could to drive traffic to my registration page. So I think failure to put in that amount of work will definitely decrease the numbers that you get to actually show up on to the webinar. Now we had originally set it up so that my follow-up sequence, that my webinar was only going to cater to those people that showed up live. And the reason why we're doing that is because getting people to show up live typically will improve your chances of selling because they're there in the moment, in the heat, when you're actually selling the, or giving the pitch. When people are there live, they're more likely to purchase from you than if they watch the webinar replay. You at least want to entice people to even show up for 10 or 15 minutes to at least put that time in to listen to you as you're doing it live. And then only those people that actually showed up during that live webinar, we're going to get the follow-up sequence. Of course, technology can sometimes get in the way here. So my audio wasn't working. When I showed up into the live room, my audio was not working at all. Nobody could hear me. So I actually had to leave the room. We had 40 people out of the 132 people that registered ready and like live and ready to go. And that was a phenomenal number. Typically you're looking at 10 to 20% will actually show up live. Um, so I was so afraid that I just lost all of those people that they were just like, well, screw this. Like she's obviously having tech issues. The webinar isn't happening. And what was going on was my, I left my computer on too long. So I had to literally shut down my entire computer up, um, turn it all on, reboot everything for my audio to work. And luckily we still ended up getting 
Um, 30 people showed up live in the room as soon as I started, 63 people by the end, which is almost a 50% show up live rate, which is a phenomenal, phenomenal turnout. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that when I was telling people to register, I specifically said, if you do not show up live, then you will not have access to the replay. You will not have access to the bonuses. Um, and I think that's a really good tactic. That's one that I've continued to use as I run my webinars and I hold true to that. So because of that tech issue, I then allowed anybody that registered to have access to the replay when I was done. So that was kind of a pivot that I had to make. Um, with regards to um, the actual webinar, I cannot recall how many actually bought live on the webinar, um, but that's where the follow-up sequence comes into play. So as soon as my webinar was done, I had an entire email campaign laid out for anybody that registered, whether they showed up live or did not. And I also had a secret email campaign to go out to my list. So people that did not register to entice them that it is the course is open now. Anybody has access to this. So please jump on um, while you can into my sequence before the cart closes. So that was the whole pre-registration phase. Then we have our launch. So now we're into the launch. I've done the webinar. The cart is now open. So now we're launching. So my webinar lasted about an hour and a half. And then I had it um, uh, timed that four hours later, everybody that showed up live and then of course everybody that showed up or registered, excuse me, would get the replay. So I had all those emails mapped out. I spent a solid couple of days writing out all of those emails, getting all of my copy written and um, laid out. So anybody that registered for the webinar and showed up live or did not because of our tech issues, were starting to get emails from me now for one email a day for the next seven days. So as long as the launch phase was open, as long as the cart was open, they're going to get an email from me every single day. And the way the emails were laid out is um, very systematic. So the first email said, said, you know what, thank you so much for showing up to the webinar. Um, Remember, this is what I launched during my webinar. I launched the course. I also had these live acting or fast acting bonuses that you can get take advantage of. Um, here's the replay. The next day's email was again another just informative email. Where are you at with your business? How are things going? How are you feeling about your business? Don't forget to watch the replay because the replay is going to be coming down in the next two days. So my replay was only going to be available for three days. So I did my webinar on Wednesday. It was going to be available until Friday night. The third email, so this was Friday, is... This is your last chance to watch the replay. Um, and here's some extra testimonials as to why you should invest into the course. What I did was on um, Saturday morning, I said, you know what? I want to give you guys an extra day to watch the replay, but I only gave that to the people that showed up live, not to the people that didn't show up live. And I said, here you go. I want to make sure that you have access to this um, for an extra day because you showed up live. You also get those extra bonuses as well. So that was Saturday. So that was a very, very brief email. 
I typically don't email on Saturdays and Sundays while I'm doing a launch because people just aren't engaged over the weekend. They don't want to be bothered. Um, So promise that you will never close a launch on a Friday or on a weekend day because you will not be successful. We made it so that our launch went until the following Oh, sorry, you can close it on a Friday, but never close it on a Saturday or a Sunday. Like closing on a Sunday night, I think is a really bad idea. Um, So we made it go now open to everybody from the following Monday to Friday. So this was where I strategically started to email my list, my list that did not sign up for the webinar because that's totally fine. The webinar might not have been enticing to them, but I still want them to have access to the course because the course is ultimately what I'm trying to sell anyway. And if these people are on my list, they're already engaging with me, they're already building that relationship with me, so I wanna make sure that they don't miss out. But I think it's very important for you to treat your list with respect. So I didn't, I didn't want anybody to be included in that final week of my launch period that didn't genuinely want to be there. So anybody that signed up for my webinar was automatically put into the launch sequence, but my list, they didn't. So I would seed again and say, hey, just so you know, my course is open for this week. We're doing it at this discount. Um, Here's the extra bonuses that you're going to get. If you're interested, click here. So what I did there was if anybody um, opened that email with that subject line of the course is now open, or if anybody clicked that link to say that they were interested, I took that as a sign that they wanted to be included in this sequence. So if somebody was engaging with the email, if they were engaging with the links, I took that as a sign that they wanted to be included. If they didn't open my emails, I just simply did not tag them to include them into the sequence. And the reason why is because I personally um, hate it when people just automatically assume that I want to buy their their program just because I'm on their list. I want to have the option. So if somebody's opening up your emails, typically they're more engaged, they might be more likely to buy. But if somebody didn't want to open that email based on the subject line that you make very clear is going to be about this, Um, then don't include them. And this is where the power of tagging really comes into play. So I sent out two emails, Monday and Tuesday, just welcoming my list um, to know that my course was open. If they opened, I tagged them and added them to my, my launch funnel, along with the other webinar registrants. If they didn't open up those first two emails, then I didn't include them. So then everybody got funneled into the last three days And on Wednesday, again, I did like an FAQ. So here's all of the, um, not complaints, but these are all of the reasons why you wouldn't buy my course. And here's why I think it's still a good idea for you. And these were very long emails. They took me a long time to write, but very important because here's the time where you're, you're getting towards the end of the launch and you wanna make sure that you're meeting every objection that you can perceive that somebody would have as a reason to not opt into the course and take that away. Give them a reason to not worry about it. On the last two days, and I encourage everybody to come up with some sort of a 24-hour bonus, a fast-acting bonus, a deadline bonus, I reserved my coaching calls 
as a bonus that everybody who opted into the course got anyway, but I, I saved it to the very end where as my sort of like last fast acting bonus, if you will, this is your last chance and I'm, I don't want you to miss out and I'm going to, you know, up the ante. So I gave away two free 30 minute coaching calls and that was something to really get people that were kind of on the fence to just say, yes, this is what I was waiting for. This is that bonus that's going to take away the, I don't have the accountability I don't have the time. I don't know where to start. I need that extra coaching. So this is the offer that I'm giving for you. And so as you're putting together your programs, when you're coming up with bonuses, because typically people will always buy your program based on the bonuses you offer, come up with bonuses that will take away the objection. You know, come up with ideas of where would people be objecting to my offer? Why? And what can I offer to them that would take that away? The time and the money one is always guaranteed. Maybe it's a too like too complicated, so here's ways to uncomplicate it. I don't know. Time with you is always a great bonus if you can't come up with one. So for the last two days, I opened up that final bonus. And on the last day, which was the Friday, I sent out three emails. One in the morning, reminding them this is your last chance. In the afternoon, don't forget that the doors are closing and about two hours before it closed, you know, get off the fence. You're either in or you're out. And if you miss out, then that's fine. If the answer is no, totally fine. But if you're still in that, I don't know, I'm not sure, you got to make a decision. So I, I, I get a little bit more kind of in your face, but in a gentle way. And so by the end, by the end of um, when we closed everything, and I always left myself open to replies to people that wanted to talk to me on the phone or over Skype if they had questions, being that it was kind of a higher end program. Um, and I was on the phone with one person for over an hour, just talking about where they're at with their business and how I can help them. Um, and so by the time we actually closed, I ended up making just under $11,000, which was the best um launch that I've had to date. Now, with regards to expenses. So, oh yes, and there's one final piece, and this is something that I think everybody also needs to know, is just because the cart closed, just because everything was done on Friday, doesn't mean that you're done your work. So on Monday, I had an email set up that asked everybody who didn't buy why they didn't buy. And this is a really important step for you to take with all of your launches because your interpretation for why you didn't hit the numbers you wanted to or why certain people didn't buy from you that you thought would isn't always the reality of what happens. And this is where you get the opportunity to feel out, okay, what was it about my launch experience that people didn't like? Did I not give them enough time? Where are they in their business? Things like that. So I just simply sent out an email to everybody that was on my launch sequence but didn't buy and said, hey, could you help me out for a second? You know, I told you all about my course. I had all those bonuses and you still didn't buy. I would love to hear your reasoning for why that was. Please respond to me in an email, just giving me a few lines as to what that, that issue was that you had or where you're at in your business or what it is you're actually looking for so I can help you with that by maybe creating another program or doing another training down the line. 
And for the most part, if you're doing a good job, money should never be the number one objection. Because if it is, then you haven't sold the value. For most people, the reason why they didn't buy was they just bought another course. They're taking a break from trainings. Um, They wanted to, but now is just not the right time. They're just not settled in their business, but they really want to be a part of the next launch the next time you open the, the course. So taking all that into consideration, it'll help you with your next and subsequent launches thereafter. So you'll know, okay, these are some of the reasons why people didn't buy. How can I make it so that they'll buy the next time? Okay. So that's kind of how the whole email sequence went. So we had at least four emails to my list to get them onto my webinar. We had at least, um, that would be what was it? From Wednesday to Friday, we had three, four emails that were sent out to the webinar people. And then we had seven emails sent out to everybody that was included in that whole launch. And in the end, we ended up making just under $11,000. With regards to Facebook ads. So we had Facebook ads that helped to get people registered to the webinar. Then I had Facebook ads that retargeted people that went to the sales page but didn't buy. So what we did was we, I hired a virtual assistant to do this for me because I understand Facebook ads, but I don't have the time to figure it all out and put all of the pixels where they need to go. So we had a Facebook pixel on my sales page. We had a Facebook pixel on the uh, thank you for buying page. We had a Facebook pixel on my thank you for registering page. So we had we had the ability to track people based on what actions they took. If they went to the sales page but didn't lend or end up on the thank you for purchasing page, they were sent retargeting ads. Everybody that was on my launch list, unless they purchased, were sent reminder Facebook ads that the cart is now open. So we were very, very strategic about where we were spending our ads and how we were re-engaging people that just didn't take that final step. And in total, we ended up spending um, $665.83 on Facebook ads, which for the $11,000 that we made is an incredible, great return on investment. Now, background um, expenses as well is in order for that virtual assistant to work with me, I had to pay for the two uh, weeks worth of work, and that ended up being about $120 to $140 a week Canadian. So that was included in our costs. And I also, for this launch, hired a, um, a coach to help me set everything up. So she recreated the sales page. She helped me organize my launch. She kept me motivated to keep going. She reviewed my emails. She reviewed my webinar slides. So I redid all of the slides and made the graphics better. Um, She helped me with the website links. And that was a $3,000 investment. So the costs in the in the behind the scenes can kind of add up more than people tell you about. And then the final piece was I also did a whole photo branding shoot to rebrand myself, to have all new images to put onto the sales page and onto my webinar registration pages and things like that. And that was about a 
$400 investment too. Still profitable though, but all of those extra expenses were there, which now I don't need as nearly as much because I have the template now. I know what I need to do. I have the sales page done. I just need to keep reproducing it when I reopen the course every couple of weeks. Uh, or sorry, every couple of months, I should say. So um, that was kind of the behind the scenes there. I'm just looking at what else we did. Um, I recorded all those videos, so I had to get um, Facebook videos recorded, a thank you page video recorded for those that registered to, again, entice them to show up live. Um, and redid all the webinar slides. Oh, um, let's just see. Oh, yes. And then, of course, there's all the social media pieces. So on Instagram, I did an Instagram story leading up to the webinar to get people to show up live. I took images of me working on the slides and working on the registration page to get people to go on. So I was posting on social media every single day, except on the weekend, on Instagram and Facebook to get people onto my registration page. Then when the cart opened, I also posted on Instagram twice a day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon, reminding people of the bonuses, reminding people of the discount, reminding people of the um, 24 or 48 hour last minute bonus of the coaching calls. And I also posted that on Facebook as well. So I was constantly posting on social media while I was monitoring um, people buying, you know, answering their questions, monitoring the email flow, tagging, untagging people, making sure that my funnel was working well, that people that bought were kicked out of the funnel so they weren't getting the emails to buy when they'd already purchased. So a lot of that was happening. So basically, when I'm in launch mode, that's really the only thing that I'm looking at. That's the only thing I'm focusing on, making sure that I continue to be present, continue to be in people's faces and reminding them that this is happening and that this is going to be going away. Um, so that was kind of the flow of my launch. So for those of you that are wanting to do a webinar-based launch or you're wanting to do an email-based launch, understand that the higher the price point, the more you have to give to people, the more bonuses you have to give, the more available you have to be. I even had people, um, if they wanted to, show up on a special webinar just as a Q&A if they had questions. So again, I was showing up. Nobody took me up on that particular one, um, but I was there. You know, I showed up, I was there. The only pieces that I probably could have done more of would be Facebook Lives, but I kind of had to figure out timing somewhere. So um, think about this. Think about all the effort that's put into place when you're putting your launch together. So the best place to do is to start with the date. So we knew when that webinar was gonna happen. Then give yourself at least a week or two to get everybody into that webinar or to get everybody to show up to whatever it is that you're offering as that kind of, here's when my cart is going to open. Then we left the, the launch period, the cart open period was a week and a half. It was half a week right after the webinar and then a full week for everybody to be involved. And then we closed it. 
two days later, I sent out that last minute. Just wanted to let you know that I noticed you didn't buy. Why or what was the reason why that you didn't buy? Okay, so the whole thing actually lasted about four weeks. And so thinking that you can just do a one-off launch in a weekend is not necessarily going to be the most effective use of your ability to launch or time. So you want to be taking all these things into consideration that there's a ton of prep work that goes into a launch. There's a ton of work that has to be monitored throughout the launch. And I can tell you, I was glued to my computer. I was glued to making sure the funnel was working well almost every moment of the day during that launch sequence. And then at the tail end, you want to make sure that all of the threads are closed, that when you set your deadline, mine is typically always 10 o'clock at night, that all of the sales pages go down, that the bonuses are not accessible, that nobody can buy at that launch price that you promised. So even at that like 9.59 to 10 o'clock time frame, I'm making sure that all those links are being taken away. So there's a tremendous amount of work that goes into a launch, but it can definitely be profitable. And the biggest thing that typically most people will say is, would you, you could have done more or you could have had more registrants had you spent more on Facebook ads, right? It's all a numbers game. Now, the numbers that I was able to achieve, I still think are a phenomenal thing and one that I've been able to reproduce as I've continued to do webinars to sell my course. Um, I've consistently been able to get about 40% live show up rate, which is phenomenal. I've consistently been able to um, recoup my Facebook ads, if not exceed it by at least um, 100%. So um, it's now just a game of rehearsing, replaying, and not being afraid to continue to do it. And then the debrief is also important for you to look back at the numbers and say, okay, what could I have done better? Where were the disconnects? Why didn't I get the numbers that I was expecting to get? What were my open rates in my emails during the launch period? What were my click-through rates? How many people looked at the sales page and how many people actually bought? This is all about the debriefing and I save all of my numbers now. So every time I do a launch, I can see, okay, is it starting to become a thing that I could turn into an evergreen funnel? Something that I can now automate um, because I'm consistently seeing the same numbers. How often am I going to relaunch? What elements am I going to add in? Do I need to add in new bonuses? Do I need to make the launch longer? You know, these are all the things that come up with the debrief. So I wanted to just share that with you and completely break it down with regards to what the steps were that I took and how, um, how much it cost to do that. Now, of course, your costs will go up or down depending on how big of a launch you end up having. Um, but we will be relaunching the course again, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. So be looking out for that. And other than that, guys, if you are in the middle of a launch or want to do a launch and I can support you in any way, 
you know, walk through this webinar again and make the notes necessary so that you know how that flow is going to look. In my course, I have an entire module set up just for launching. So if joining the Maximize Your Clinic course is something you would like to do, you can absolutely do that anytime you want to on my website and definitely be looking for those special promo periods that we have a couple times a year. You'll be seeing that in the emails as they come out. But if I can help you in any way, you know, email me personally, info at themaximmovement.com and we'll set up a call and you and I can kind of go over what the steps are and lay it all out for you because I can tell you it's an overwhelming amount of steps involved, but once you've gone through it once, you kind of see how all the pieces flow together. Um, But if it's your first time going through it, it can be incredibly daunting, but also incredibly rewarding. So contact me personally. We'll hop on a call. I'll lay it all out for you. And if you really want that extra level of support, that ongoing support, join the course because we have a fantastic Facebook community um, of naturopaths and nutritionists and health coaches that are all going through it at the exact same time. And I'm constantly in that group. Um, So that was my launch debrief. I promised you that I was going to do it. And so here is the show for that. And other than that, look forward to the interview with Jill Stanton, which is coming up next week. If you are kind of listening to the show in sequence um, and she talks all about the realities of running an online business and just a business in general. Uh, Check out maximizebusiness.ca, leave a review, leave your comments, let me know what you like, don't like, need more of. But other than that, guys, I'm Andrea Maxim and I'm out. You guys are killer. Thank you as always for listening to the Profitable Practice Podcast. Leave me a comment and if you haven't already, I would love a review in iTunes. Definitely subscribe to this podcast and leave me a quick review. For those ready to maximize your practice, contact me at www.maximizedbusiness.ca.